0: Hey, listening audience. Welcome back to Noggin Notes. I'm Jake Waskirchen, and today's episode features Moni, otherwise known as Tay, Hey, money from Cambodia, and he is the host of Noggin Notes Cambodia. And what an exciting, dynamic young man Moni is! I, uh, I definitely. I mean, it, the pleasure was mine. I was going to say I had the pleasure of interviewing him, and I really want to communicate that. Like, it really was my pleasure. I have done some international interviews before, and every time they are uh, educational and humbling, and I'm honored. Uh, but but it really is a pleasure to, to do this kind of thing, and I don't know that I can communicate that quite as strongly as I desire. But uh, talking to Moni reinvigorated my um, I guess my my willingness my energy to go out and make change in the world and I'm you know I know that I I've been doing this for a while but uh, I think every once in a while you need a little shot in the arm you know, for, forgive the reference because everybody's got a, an opinion about vaccinations these days, and they typically go in your arm. But that's not the type of shot I'm talking about. I'm talking like a like a B vitamin shot, you know, or or an energy shot that uplifts you and remotivates you. That was my conversation with Moni. Um, to to see somebody so young and so enthusiastic and so well put together with his feet on the ground and knows you know what he wants to do and where he's going. It's it's why I really enjoy working with college students, quite frankly, and uh, maybe I need to get back to doing that, but uh, I digress. And you didn't come in here to listen to me opine about what I'd like to do with my life and what I want to be when I grow up, so uh, I want to get back to this. Um, if you have not uh, listened to Naga Notes Cambodia, uh, maybe give it a whirl. Uh, Moni does some translating in the middle of the podcast, he interprets what his guests say and runs it in two languages, which I think is just remarkable and phenomenal. So uh, maybe give it a listen. See if you see, see if you would like to check out what's going on in Cambodia. I have listened to a few of them. And it's, you know, we, we in the United States think that we have a mental health crisis and we have a provider shortage. No, we don't. They do. Because uh, they don't even grasp concepts because for generations upon generations uh, mental health was just not even discussed not not like pushed into the shadows not mocked and made fun of on media but like didn't exist so this is all new to that culture and uh, it's very similar to the to the africa podcasts i did with with chris kiala it's uh it's a new and emerging concept in the orient and you know and in and in the continent of africa broadly but certainly specific countries and uh I'm just fascinated about the by the efforts by you know people like Moni and people like Safisa Rupinga, who founded Naga Notes, uh, how they're continuing to push forward and introduce this concept of taking care of one's own mental well-being to cultures that have literally never even uh, encountered it before. so it's it's exciting, it's daunting it I think it's frustrating at times, but you get a real clear understanding of how the dynamics are in those areas of the world. If you listen to the podcast, so if you want to, you really want to humble yourself. Definitely, uh, definitely listen to those podcasts. And, and another uh, somewhat related tangent: I just uh, finished a book called "How I Learned to Understand the World" by Hans Rosling, R O S L I N G, and that was also humbling. If you want to, you want to get a clear picture about somebody who you know sacrifices his whole career to help make Earth better. Hans Rosling did that, and I think his books are exceptional. Another one he wrote is called Factfulness. It's, uh, it also tells us that things aren't nearly as bad as we think that they might be. So uh, pick up those books if you're interested, and in. they're, they're very inspirational too and uh, really really helps to frame things back in perspective appropriately with, with humility and, and discipline and curiosity. Well, that all being said, I hope you enjoy this uh, conversation as much as I did with Moni. He's, he's wonderful. And I can't say enough about the work that he and Safiso and Chris are doing across the country, across the world, I should say. And I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it. I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very humbled. And I hope this thing keeps moving forward. So if you haven't uh, subscribed, please subscribe to Naga Notes. Give us a rating and review. That helps to push the content out because at the end of the day, we just want this to get into more people's hands so that they help heal themselves. Brought to you by Zephyr Wellness, as always, the company that I co- or uh, I don't co-own it, it anymore, I, I own it by myself, here in uh, Northern Nevada. Check out ZephyrWellness.org Check out our YouTube channel, follow us on all the usual social media channels uh, You can follow me at uh, Jake Wisk on Twitter, J-A-K-E-W-I-S-K um, See what I have to say on there, it's the the rambling, rambled rant, rantings of, a, of an old man shouting into the wind. So uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and uh, be well. Well, hello, listening audience. Uh, <laughs> here we are talking to, to Moni, Pishmoni. Is that, wait, how, all right, let's start there. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. Um, tell me about you, but I want to know your name is Moni and nickname, and then Pichmoni is your full name. How's that work? Uh,
1: my full name is Thai uh in a Cambodian pick, accent. Pick if Moni. I say it in an English accent, it's Thai Bichmoni. Okay. Um, my name is just Moni, and then my and Pich is a middle name, and then Thai is my family name. So people just say it's Moni Moni Moni. Yeah. Hi everyone.
0: It's so good to have you. I'm I'm really excited for this. Um, so, for the listening audience of the Naga Notes U.S. version, uh, I've talked for a while now how we have two other Naga Notes podcasts. One is in Africa. You you may or may not have heard me interview Chris Kiala, um, and now I'm interviewing Moni, uh, and Moni hosts the Cambodia Naga Notes podcast. So, tell us who you are and how you came to be, and um, how you know Safiso and what. Is your what is driving all this?
1: Thank you for having me, and also hello to the US audience and the Cambodian audience. Um, who am I? I am Moni. That's my name. But uh, moreover, I am uh, a youth. I am Cambodian. I am a mental health advocate. I am a mental health enthusiastic. Uh, I am the host of Nakano Cambodia. Um, and how I met Sufi So it's, uh, it's a funny story because I met him two times over the past three years. I met him once and then we stopped talking and I met him again the next two years. Uh, and um, I, I, I was trying to find something to do, I was trying to find, um, I don't know, a, a project, a passion. And Fiso shared with me that uh, I met him before and he shared with me that Note has an app. And then uh, later on, when we met the second time, two years later, he shared with me that Note has a has a podcast and he's looking to expand. He's looking to share and localize Note in Cambodia and South Africa. And he said, I was the right person. And then I'm like, how am I the right person? Is there even a right person for something like this? And and I say, okay, let's try. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see uh, what it's going to be. And it's been a year now, actually. It's been a year, I believe, since we hosted yeah. our first episode. And the train has continued to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that first meeting, I think if I remember correctly, he and you met at some sort of conference, right? Was there some sort of mental health conference or something? Yeah, tell me about that. Yes. Refresh my memory because it was like three years ago, and a lot's happened since then in my life. I'm sure, it's a lot's yeah. happened in your life.
1: It was the uh, yeah. It was a mental health workshop. Um, I was sharing my my how to. Say, I was sharing my knowledge on myths and misconception of mental health in Cambodian in Cambodia. Sorry, uh, and also in Cambodian language wise, um, and that was the first time we met with. In a conference, uh, and then the second event was in a storytelling event where I was telling my story uh, about my family, and then and he was telling his story also on family public, um, and yeah, this first and second time we both on both met on an event. One is a mental health conference, second is a storytelling event.
0: So. What is your story? What do you do for work? Like, how do you pay your bills? Because this is clearly not paying your bills. Because it's not paying my bills. <laughs> and so, uh, tell us. Tell us a little bit more. Like, how did you get into this? Why is it? Why is it important to you?
1: Uh, currently, I am working full time uh, as a program manager at uh, Impact Hub um, Impact Hub is a social enterprise. It's a global network. There's Impact Hub. Uh, all over the globe um, and there's one in Cambodia and we name it by city. So it's Impact up Albania and there's Impact up Jakarta and uh, I believe G- Dakara and there's Impact up London and so on and so on. So that's where I work. I work uh, in a social enterprise, we work project-based and I'm currently working on our project for social inclusion and uh, tech startup, tech and SDG startup um, and we are incubator. Uh, so we incubate program, incubate startup uh, from idea, prototype to running operation, and uh, that's how I make a living. Um, so are you and- a com- are
0: you a computer guy then? Do you do tech no. or IT or something? No. Or what what, what no. are you are you like management? Like you manage things? Okay. So,
1: program based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Project based, sorry, project based management. And then we have our trainer who are in tech or in entrepreneurship who actually train, and I'm just uh, managing it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it sounds a lot like what Safisa does actually. So, he works with a lot of the people who do the actual programming of the software or whatever it is, but then um, either sells it or manages the project or whatever. So it's no wonder you guys connected. Um, So explain to me the mental health angle then. Why is this a passion for you? Because it it doesn't strike most people to just go out and do this as a hobby. It's a tough hobby.
1: It is. It is. It is. Um, Uh. The same question has been asked millions of times since I've started working in the field mental health. It's always, that's always a question, right? How do you get started? It's always right. the, that one question. And I and I don't think I've mastered the answer, but I've always started sharing that I had a personal issue growing up. Um, and I was I grew up in the province. Uh, I did not grow up in the city. So I had a personal issue. Didn't really know where to get help don't even know what I am experiencing, um, not sure what this is, basically. It was just a blur, I would say. And um, I had some friends who reached out to me and shared what they know about mental health, and I started to uh, get interested. I started to find out, I started to learn, I started to join a conference, like how I met Sophiso so I joined a conference, started to meet with a professional. Started to learn, I would say, and and then I fell in love. I feel like this is something that in Cambodia it's lacking. In every part of the world, it's lacking, not just Cambodia. But um, I am in Cambodia. There's a role that I can play here as a youth, as an advocate. So I'm taking up that role, sharing, raising awareness on mental health, so that um, I could be the help that I couldn't get when I was in the province. When it was like five years ago. So that is how I got started. That is why I am still working on it. That is why I'm passionate about mental health. It's because I wanted to be I want to fill up that space in Cambodia right now, in, in the world right now where there's where there's space.
0: That's shallow space. Absolutely beautiful. I love that. Um, I think that often speaks to something that we would refer to as a calling. You know, you don't you don't choose it 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 beckons you right and invites you in and you look around and you go well nobody else is doing this and then sometimes some people will say "Ah, uh, let somebody else deal with that and you go there is nobody else i am it <laughs> so good on you for doing that, that as as uh Safiso and chris would say snaps snaps I've, i'm learning that i'm learning from the south africans snaps means keep going good job so you say you're youth like um how old are you
1: I, I turned 21 two months ago.
0: Congratulations. Happy birthday. You made it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so that's that's pretty young. Uh, and I take it from some of my conversation with Safiso that Cambodia, Asia broadly, East Asia, Southeast Asia, the uh, the mental health presence, if you will, is just not there. And the, the hypothesis Is that the reason it's not there? Is because emotions just aren't discussed by Asian cultures broadly. It's very frontal lobe, cerebral, get the job done, um, you know, move forward. And what I gather is that the youth are connected to the world through the internet and through social media, and they're seeing this mental health thing. And if for the listening audience can't see my air quotes, it's mental health thing going on in lots of the Western world in Europe and America, in the Americas. And they're going, what is that? It seems to resonate with me, but I have nowhere to go to find out about it. Is that accurate? Yes. And and, And it's because the older generations just, it wasn't a thing. So there's no judgment there. It just, just wasn't part of the the culture. And so now you guys as the younger generation are creating it, which is very, very exciting. Tell me about some of the stuff you've been doing.
1: Uh, Something that we can put into context here on the hypothesis is that Cambodia is a, um, Cambodia went through a genocide. Um, I think this is something that need to be put in co- to contact this is right. why we we had to start from scratch from zero basically um and that, and that and zero
0: real quick Moni. that that was for 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 the audience cuz I'm I'm not super familiar with what went on um I know a little bit but it, that was recent that was like in my lifetime I'm only 43 years old that happened in like the late 70s early 80s right so this is not ancient history this genocide. So to talk a little bit about that it's actually. Actually
1: ni- 1970, 1970.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So I'm more ignorant than I thought. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't in my lifetime, but still it's I mean we're talking within 50 years.
1: Yeah. So it's pretty pretty yeah, pretty new. It's really it's still pretty fresh, I would say. Uh, and then when you start over, people are people are digging out past digging out um uh, tradition and then all of these and then and also the first instinct after a genocide was to survive that was their first right. instinct right so mental health so all of this all that it wasn't it wasn't their needs older generation need was to survive and somehow fed their children and then when when my generation come in when the future generation come in all of these needs are already been been met we have right. shelter we have so on and so on and then And then we start and then there's then new things pops up, like mental health. And then, okay, then that's our the generation of needs developed throughout uh, throughout generation and generation. So, yeah, uh, mental health has been really, I would say, neglect here because the older generation doesn't really believe it exists for once. Sure. Um, And what we have been doing, I don't want to say me or anybody, because there's there are there's a few, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a few mental health uh, voices over in Cambodia. And what we have been doing, we have uh, been doing project, workshop, conference. I believe uh, there's only one university who's, there's only one university in Cambodia that teaches psychiatric, um, psychiatry, psychiatry, wow. sorry. There's yeah. only one university, can you imagine that, in wow. the whole country. <laughs> so this School, the student of the school are making a project, they're giving free uh, e counseling. Um, and then there's another school that teaches psychology, and I believe there's also a group on that who are giving out free therapy, e therapy. Um, and uh, many youth are picking up, um, picking up old advocates, old activists who are psychologists who are psychiatrists who went through Khmer Rouge, who was. A second-hand experience from Khmer Rouge uh, and they are doing campaign they are doing um, art exhibition they are doing um, social media campaign they are they join my podcast I believe there was a group who are making uh, a way where Cambodian people can connect to, to doctors or psychologists and psychiatrists online um, so so youth are really stepping up and then really taking this into a digitalized world and also help spreading the topic of mental health and mental health support and professional help through so many things, I would say. So I believe we're in the right path, yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like you've you've connected well with some older people who know what they're doing so that you guys don't have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, and that you can do it, you know, properly without harming people and and that kind of thing. So that's that's really encouraging. That's super cool. Um, I, there's so many things I want to ask, but I also don't want to selfishly take up the time because I know that we're kind of splitting the podcast here. We're uh, you know, you're 15 hours ahead of me on the on the time zone. So I, I'm in the Pacific Time Zone. I live in Nevada, in the city of you know, Reno, Sparks, actually. Um, and you're in? Are you in Nampa? Is that right? Yes, currently yeah. I'm in the city. So um, you're. It's really like th- so. It's Thursday evening. It's eight eight o'clock my time uh, in the in the PM, and you're in the middle of the day, almost approaching lunchtime on Friday, and so it's very hard to schedule these things. Um, so we want to do two podcasts in one. Basically, we want to do one for your listening audience as well, and I know you have some questions for me. Uh, so selfishly, I want to ask you so many things, but I think what we're going to have to do is just do a not podcast Zoom call <laughs> so that I can I could pick your brain and learn because this is very exciting for me. Um, but we'll do that another time, uh, and, and unless you want to just stay on for another hour and a half and we can talk, which I'm sure nobody will object to because people like learning if they're listening to podcasts. But I want to turn it over to you and let you do your host thing. And uh, I know that you also, you know, on your podcast, you you translate. English to, to is it is it is Cambodian the language or is it called something else?
1: Uh, it's called Khmer, Khmer. but uh, calling it Cambodian is also acceptable.
0: Okay, I, I, I speak English, but really it's American, so I guess we could call it that too. <laughs> <laughs> How many languages do you speak?
1: Um, I speak Khmer, English, Laos, hmm. because I'm part Lao Asian, hmm. and a little bit of Thai.
0: Wow. Uh, all right. So when I come visit, I'm taking you around to interpret all the signs for me. Yes.
1: Yes. Visit yeah. soon. We're opening. Uh, I believe we have opened. I believe so. I'm not sure. I think it's November or December, but we we the border is open yeah. for flight. Actually,
0: I want to hear about that too. At some point in the in the down the road in the podcast too, because I want to hear how how uh, COVID has affected you guys, and maybe we can swap experiences on that. But. um But yeah, uh, I want to allow you to host as well, uh, and uh, you can help your listening audience learn something.
1: Hello, hello. Okay. um, Now, I also want to start with a basic question of um, who are you, Jay?
0: You asked Uh, that of everyone, I noticed. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that's that's how I start my question, because it's always, hi, my name is this, and this is what I do. But what's behind that because when i met you when i see you i don't see your name and your title i see you your face your body and all of this so let's go deeper into who you are and if there's anything important i'm going to slice it into kumai for my kumai audience to stay in the Ocania. but yeah
0: tell us i love that thank you and um I really appreciate that you do that. That That's very significant to me because when I get introduced, I give presentations, I teach uh, classes um, in all sorts of places. I, I'm constantly on you know, on various committees and so forth. And one of the things that I'm very careful not to do is give a verbal resume about my accomplishments and the tasks and so forth that I've done. What I usually say is, Hi, I'm Jake Wiskirchen. Uh, That's how you pronounce the last name. It's Wiskirchen. It's German. Um, Originally pronounced Wiskirchen in the the German, apparently. Um, But then I say, I'm a a marriage and family therapist by trade, meaning I have a license to practice marriage and family therapy in the state of Nevada, where I live, uh, in in the United States. And uh, I'm a national certified counselor. So those are the two certificates that I hold. I have a license from the state, and then I have a national certificate. Uh, and I also own and operate a, a mental health outpatient agency called Zephyr Wellness here in Northern Nevada, and uh, we do telehealth, so we we treat people all over, but uh, primarily we're in Northern Nevada. and And then I move on to teach whatever I'm going to teach because I believe that when I'm delivering information, the information needs to stand on its own, free and apart from the person who's delivering it. I don't I don't really care if my academic credentials or my job history uh, matter to anybody because it should not affect the information that I'm delivering. So I appreciate that you say that because I purposely try not to list off all the you know things that I've done and accomplishments I have in the hats that I wear. And there's two reasons for that one. I don't want to interfere with the delivery of the information. But two, um, I think that human beings are inherently very, very deep. Um, I read a lot of Carl Jung. Uh, that's J U N G for people who are listening. If you want to look up Carl Jung, he was a very prominent psychiatrist. He died in 1961. He studied heavily with Sigmund Freud, and um, he's very impactful in my career. But he believed that humans are divine in their uh, manifestation, in their compilation, in insofar as. We are limitless in our potential. So therefore, we don't want to define people by labels because labels inherently are limiting. So what is a label? Label is the things I'm going to rattle off to you now. Like I'm a dad. I have two boys, uh, ages six and four. I am a husband to my wife uh, who works as a nurse at one of our local hospitals. I am a fifth-generation Reno uh, Renoite, uh, Reno citizen, or Nevadan. So I've lived here my whole life, and uh, I could, my family roots are very deep. Uh, I things I enjoy. I enjoy playing baseball my entire life, uh, including recreation baseball, uh, just playing around town. Uh, and I just finally, this is my last season. I'm done. My body can't handle it anymore. Um, I also brew beer at home as a hobby. I believe in Jesus. I follow Jesus Christ. Uh, That's my religion, uh, you could say, so that helps anchor me. I'm very, very interested and passionate about my career. I love helping people, and um, I want to try to be the best model through my behaviors and my actions that I can, because behind that, my words don't mean much if I'm not consistent. So consistency and authenticity are very important to me. Transparency is very important to me. And uh, along with all those things comes uh, an inherent Meeting people where they are—it's—it's a—it's a—it's a a non-attachment, so that if I want to be met where I am by other people and not judged or labeled or pushed aside or whatever, um, I have to do that to others. So I I try to make myself as humble and curious as I can, so that I'm listening more than I'm talking. I know I talk a lot and I, I, you know, I ramble. Um, but I also love teaching and I know that I have something to offer and some, you know, sometimes when you, when you study a lot and you read a lot and you have a lot of experiences, both clinically, professionally, and in life, you want to teach and people ask you to do that. So that's fine. And there's a, there's a, a role for that and a purpose. Um, but really I'm just, I'm just very curious and that's why I love doing these podcasts. So, uh, another podcast I do in addition to Naga Notes is called Guns and Mental Health. So I work very closely with the firearms community here in, in the United States And I know that's something that's fairly unique to the United States. Uh, We have a very robust uh, gun-owning community. And uh, there's a lot of tension surrounding guns. And I believe it's my job as a firearms-owning clinician to transcend the role between mental health professionals and the firearms community because most of our suicides in America are completed by firearm. In fact, uh, when you talk about firearm deaths broadly, 64% of them in the year 2019 were suicides. So uh, we we believe at this organization I work for, or I'm a part of, I don't work for it, but I'm a volunteer, called Walk the Talk America, is to connect the two cultures so that firearms owners stop taking their own lives uh, and they go in and get the mental health care that they need, and they can do so free of stigma or judgment or uh, fear of you know reprisal and so forth. So, uh, the the podcast is called "Guns and Mental Health." I really enjoy that, and it's bringing a lot of uh, a lot of hope and help to to many people. So, there's a lot more to say, but that's really you know my passions. What I do, I, I love being outdoors. I love hiking. Uh, I like being in touch with nature. Um, I love cooking. I love grilling um, and uh, gardening and all sorts of things. So. Um, that's 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 me. That's who I who I am.
1: Thank you for sharing. And uh, good luck translating that. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, you have so many things, and now I don't even know where to begin or where can I start. But how 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 do you keep on? managing all of these things but having a family and children and i cannot that's like 10 things you're doing right now i think even more than 10 it, how 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 does that work i'm doing i have a full-time job at nagano and i'm still struggling to have a social life yeah so how, how do you how do you do you
0: um so there's actually more to be said. I also chair the board of directors for a uh, local charter school here that I helped form and found, and uh, my kids go to that. Uh, so I'm involved in education, too, and, and then my agency does uh, lots and lots of things in the community. So it's not just a, you know, we don't just hide behind a, a, a sign and do, do counseling and psychotherapy, and I just, you know, sit back and make money or whatever. Um, very, very heavily involved in the community. So all that being said, uh, it does sound a little cartoonish when I, when I say all these things and um presumably i'm doing them well enough that they're not failing um and and i was asked this once other one other time and it it put me on my heels to the point that i realized i had to have an answer the next time it was asked um and the gal asked you know what do you do for for fun with all the things that you do and i thought well that's that's a hell of a question and then i thought about it for a second cuz i didn't have an answer and i thought it's all fun. The only thing I actually don't like doing is paperwork. I don't like doing my log notes for my for my patients. Um, but all of the other stuff I would be doing anyway because I see myself as a as a servant, and I take great joy in that. Um, I don't actually keep too much track of the time that I spend doing things because I don't view them as tasks or chores. I view them as opportunities and choices. And, and I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to sit down with you at 8 o'clock at night while my kids are in bed and my wife is about to go to bed um, instead of being home because I think it adds more value to broader humanity setting aside this time, this one night. Now, if I do this every single night and I was neglecting my family, that would be a problem, right? So we want to keep things in balance. And I think one of the, the big lessons I learned from going to graduate school for counseling was – having good boundaries. And I haven't always adhered to them. Sometimes I burn myself out. Sometimes I do too many things. But, um, I also have always operated this at this level. Um, since I was probably 12 or 13 years old, I've always had many, many things going on, sports activities, clubs, school, you know, and so it just translated into adulthood. And, uh, I'm very involved in lots of things. And for me, I actually draw energy From the stuff that I do. Now, what I've learned over the years, however, is I have to be mindful of where I put my time and attention because not everything returns energy. Some of it is a time suck. And I don't want to just give away my resources, including my time, which are very, very precious because you can't get, you can't get time back. So I've become very mindful about what I say no to, uh, because I want to say yes to everything because everything seems worthy and worthwhile. Um, but I've been very careful in recent years to say no to the things that I recognize are not my calling. So you have your calling, I have my calling, and not everything is 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 meant for me. It's meant for somebody else. So you know, you give an example. Uh, homelessness. I would love to be able to to do something about homelessness. It's not my calling. I don't feel it in my soul. Um, guns and mental health. I feel in my soul. Better education. I feel in my soul um, growing new fledgling professions, uh, professionals into the profession. I feel that in my soul. So, uh, having good boundaries, leaving work at work, not taking people's, uh, stuff home with me. That's very, very important. It's not mine to solve. Uh, it's theirs to solve and, uh, and being very present in the moment. I try to be as present as possible in the moment. I'm not, I'm not distracting myself trying to, um, trying to do multiple things all at once. And, again, that's a battle, too, with, you know, I hold up my phone here, social media and text messages and emails and fantasy football. So um, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy. It takes a lot of practice. But whatever you practice, you're going to get good at. And I've, I've, I've had some very good mentors who have taught me how to practice having good boundaries and uh, being very mindful of only endeavoring the things that I, from which I draw energy.
1: okay. Okay, that, that's that's clear up a, a few things. And I think that's a good that's a good message I would say that um, I can share to my audience is um, draw only do things that you can draw energy from. And I personally believe that my full-time job at Nagano is one, is two things, sorry, it's two things that that it does take effort. Again, it takes effort to, yeah, like you said, sit down, talk to you, prepare all of the logistics and so on and so on. But at the same time, when when I finish recording with you, when I finish my full-time job, it feels rewarding. And also it feel that, yeah, it's exhausted. Yeah, I spend my time, but there, there there's, there's also something else. There's also something else. I don't know how to explain it, but there's also something else coming out of it. And uh, this is something I want to share with my voting audience that the um, your energy will be real. but exchange of energy, you lovely message, that And thank you so much for sharing uh, this this view and this um this this way of perspective that I don't really, I guess I never thought of drawing energy from what I do. It's always, I am inputting my time, effort and energy.
0: Yeah. Into what I do. I, I think one other thing too, is that, um, so I already mentioned that I'm, I'm pretty spiritual and I believe in, in God and, and I try to follow Jesus. Um, I see myself as a vessel for God's energy and resources. I don't hang on to them. And I think that Western world, I can't speak for Cambodian culture, but in the Western culture we have this this desire to accumulate things and make comparisons and social media is very good at doing that they they social media compels us to like make comparisons with each other and say who's doing better, who has more and it's artificial um I'm more interested in the lives that I touch and the healing that I pass on and the resources i dis- I distribute to others. And the the modeling I give to my children, and other people's children, but mostly my children, I I'm very non attached, and that's a very Buddhist philosophy about non attachment. Um, you know, Christ talks about this too, but but Buddhist Buddhism is I think is mostly attributed to non attachment. The idea that nothing is really truly yours. You're there to just to shepherd resources through the your lifetime, and. I, I, I don't do the ledger sheet balance thing of like inflows and outflows. I just flow, right? I don't try to keep mental track of where I put in energy and whether or not it was returned to me. I just know that if I'm, if I'm, on, if I'm on point, then I'm, I'm doing well and I feel good. I'm tired at the end of the day, but it's a good tired. It's not a I'm fighting uphill and trying to look to see who I would need to race against kind of tired. I don't want to compete with people. Competition is great for certain things, like who can do things better. But I'm not interested in competition to accumulate stuff that expires and rots and you know fades away. So I think that's really important too: is keeping in mind that if you if you if you don't get drawn into the comparison culture and the wealth accumulation culture that you're just constantly giving, 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 and none of it's really ever yours that helps to to draw energy because every time you give, you feel better. And I know Safiso is a big fan of gratitude too. You know, if you appreciate and you you're grateful and you're thankful uh, and then you give more, you're more grateful because you were able to give that helps draw energy as well. So I I wanted to make that point too. Thank
1: you. Thank you for sharing on this. Um, I, 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 I don't think that I can digest this as of right now. I feel like I'm going to listen to our podcast again and digest it and take some time to process and digest this, but yeah, thank you. And, uh, let's turn the table and do you have any questions? We, we both can answer together.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to know what your dreams are. I want to know what your vision is for noggin notes and where you see yourself in the next, because you're young. I love mentoring young people, so you better keep in touch with me. Um, <laughs> but I want, I want to know what your, your vision is for Naga Notes and your role specifically, but then also where you see yourself in the next two years, five years, and ten years, and be very specific.
1: Okay, okay. Um, where do I see myself? Let me answer the where do I see myself, 2, 5, 10. Um, In the next two years, it's 2013. Sorry, why did I say 13? 2013. Don't take me back to 13.
0: um, (laughs) 13 wasn't a great year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was a child in 2013. 2023. um, In two years, I put a deadline on myself that I have to uh, start a master and finish a master degree before I turn 25. So in the next two year, I need. I I hope. I hope, and I need to be in school again. For what? Um, I finished my bachelor. Sorry.
0: What? What degree?
1: Psychology, of course. I okay. really, really Good. want to go into Good. psychology. Remember, I said be precise. Um, yes, yeah, psychology. Hopefully a scholarship. Um, hopefully in America or in the in Europe, oh. or Australia. Okay. Um, so those three. Those are my three options, and by Europe. I mean United Kingdom because I don't speak other languages besides English. So I shouldn't say Europe, actually. So in the next two years, I want to be in school, uh, either bachelor or master in psychology, hopefully a scholarship, either in the UK, in the US, or in Australia, English-speaking country, English program. Um, and in the next five years, year, I want to work in, in, in the mental health sector. I want to be a therapist, uh, a psychologist. Um, and then after five years, so then the span of five to 10 years, hopefully I can have my own practice. So uh, I think the, the word would be having my own clinics, but I like to say having my own practice um, sure. and having a license. So that is my two, five, and span to 10. Yes. Uh, Naginod, Naginod, vision for Naginod, my role. Um, me and Sophie so are, what me and Sophie so want is that this first one year is, is a kickstart, it's, it's a kickstart. And then in the next year, we hope to find somebody else to be the host. And then uh, me tra- tra- transitioning or transferring uh, my, my skill knowledge toward that person. And then, um, and then at the end, Sophia won't do Nagano Cambodia. I won't do Nagano Cambodia. Cambodian people, Cambodian youth, will handle Nagano Cambodia. And that's what our vision and goal is for that's Nagano Cambodia. Awesome.
0: The incubator, yeah. it's the incubator model that you yes, talked about. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that's great is that
1: another question is that the question yeah
0: no I think that was it uh, but I but here's here's what so therapist hat on these are the things that we're paid to uh, notice when people talk um, you talked about career and academic success but I didn't hear anything about personal life family location where you live home you want to live in pets hobbies.
1: Personal, okay. Going on personal. Um, uh, I don't really see myself getting married in a way. So I don't think that I'll be married in uh, a span of five years. Uh, Do I see myself in a relationship? Yes, I do. Um, Do I see myself having a pet? Uh, No. Um, It's hard for me to balance already. and So I don't think that I would ever get that. Um, currently, I am living alone in Phnom Penh. Uh, my family are in the province. So that's that. Um, it ties with having my own practice in the next five years. In the next five years, if, if I do want to have my own practice, then that means also having my personal sustainability financially. Uh, so get a house, I would say, have a house in the next five to 10 years, um, or even a small, uh, not small, an, a condo an apartment somehow that I can have my practice um, uh, what else personally maybe get a car I guess materialize there we go. I want a car there we go um,
0: do you want to come back to Cambodia
1: yes my practice will be here All right. my practice would definitely be here in Cambodia for C- Cambodian people city or province um, I do I do I, I do that, that was that that was that's what my parents are aiming for too. Um, it's at the end I have to go live back with them. So having my practice there is, uh, I would say, a seventy percent. So I will be in the yeah. province. Um, and you could indefinite. Serve,
0: and you could serve people in the city because we have technology like this now, right?
1: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so personally, all of that I would say. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah.
0: Now, what what demographic do you want to serve? what's your what's your favorite people to work with
1: uh, my favorite people to work with is, um, is definitely older I would say mid mid no mid I think mid would be for me it would be a uh, thirty to fifty um, maybe that's because I am currently a youth so talking to other youth kinda because because i, I I've, I've trained On counseling but not therapy so counseling, basic counseling, career and personal development counseling and counseling, personal development counseling and career counseling towards people my age, I feel like I feel like it's hard, I would say, I don't know I feel like I'm talking to myself or I'm talking to uh, yeah, and then talking to somebody who's older than you is also in a way I'm learning from them at the same time I help them process uh, their wording, their uh, flow of energy, their flow of career, again, their flow of personal development, they have, they have they have already found themselves in a way and what you need to do is just to have to assess it and process it, find wording and so on, so on. And then when uh, meeting with young people and same age as me, I feel like there's so many things to be done and I don't feel that I'm capable of doing so. So I'm I've, I've, yeah, I think... 30 to 50 would be my favorite people to talk you, to. You
0: you do realize that in ten years you will be thirty to fifty. Yes. <laughs> 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 then, uh, then
1: maybe may then maybe it would change. My perspective on thing would change the knowledge I acquire and skill and tool, and then everything will change. It's a possibility. But yeah. But share us your story. Two, five, ten and I don't want us to hear about note What about your uh, fam? sorry, relationship or family psychology therapy?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think what you're asking is um, kind of like, how did I get here and where am I going?
1: Um, on both things, not just Naginode. Sure, US. sure. Yeah. U.S. Uh,
0: so uh, do you know the story behind Noggin notes about how it got started? No. I don't think okay. so. All right. I'll go ahead and tell it. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Uh, so um, I was in a fraternity in college. I was in a, I was in a Greek fraternity and uh, lots of friends from there. One of them moved to China. He, li- he lived in Macau for a number of years, worked for uh, a gaming company. He and Safiso met when Lauren, my friend, moved to uh, Cambodia uh, doing gaming things. And at the time, Sofiso had this idea for an app called Naga Notes, which you know about. And then he met this guy named Tom from the UK. And he had an idea for something to do with apps and mental health. And they both clicked. And Lauren somehow overheard the conversation and said, You know, I have a friend in the United States who does this for a living. You should ask him. So this is 2016. And then uh, Tom and Safiso and I jumped on a, on a Skype call. Because Zoom wasn't popular then. We used Skype. (laughs) And uh, so late 2016, I looked at their app and I said, this is very cool. Uh, You guys clearly are passionate and you clearly don't know what you're doing. That's okay, but I can teach you. (laughs) And uh, so I gave them some guidance and they came up with the emotions uh, guide on the app. And they said, thanks, that's really awesome. Would you like to write some articles for the app? And I said, that sounds fun, but... You know it's faster than typing is talking. Uh, How about we do a podcast? And I didn't know anything about a podcast, but um, we created a podcast, and that was 2017. Uh, We launched our first episode somewhere around, I don't know, June or July, and it's been in operation ever since. We would like to get the app back up and running, like you you know, and uh, I think that would be very cool. We need some money, so if you're listening to this and you're privately wealthy, give Naga Notes some money, and we will have a mental health app that will be awesome. it won't be like any of those weird things that the U.S. does and Europe does where they charge you crazy sums of money to give you no service. This will just be self-driven, self-help, insightful stuff. Anyway, um, that's Noggin Nuts. And I'm very proud to be a part of it, and I'm super proud to be talking to to you. And uh, I'm very proud of the conversations I've had internationally. It's it's enriched me greatly. Um, I'm very humbled. Uh, So career-wise, I didn't choose psychotherapy as a profession. What I wanted to do when I was a young pup was um, (laughs) I wanted to do event planning. And so I started out studying chemical engineering as an undergrad, and then I realized very quickly that as much as I loved chemistry, I hated math. I did not do well with calculus, so I switched to something called logistics or supply chain management. And that was a different kind of math that I didn't like, (laughs) but it was in the business school, so I got some business credits. Uh, And along the way, I grew as a person. So my childhood was very, very great. I mean, I loved my parents. My family was amazing. But I got bullied heavily uh, at school from like third grade through senior year of high school. And I got made fun of and teased, and I didn't have very good self-efficacy. So when I got into college, I was uncomfortable. Um, But I found some popularity through the fraternity, through some student government stuff, and through some event planning. And I thought, this is great. I'm the I'm the center of everything. I get to plan events and people have fun and they like me for it, and so that fed my ego, and I thought oh, I'm going to be an event planner. I'm going to do something with with people. So I switched from logistics as a major to journalism and public relations. Turns out public relations has nothing to do with uh, event planning. It has to do with writing. Fortunately, I like writing, but I couldn't find a job because I graduated in, in uh, December of 2001, right after 9/11, and the economy was terrible, and I couldn't find work. And so for the next five years, I had a lot of false start careers and went back to graduate school because I thought, I really like college. I want to be a college student advisor. Got a master's degree in educational leadership. Had my eyeball on going back and working for the university I went to here, University of Nevada. But I took some counseling classes as electives, and I fell in love with counseling. But I graduated with that degree, and it was 2008. And the economy had just crashed again, <laughs> and there were no jobs. And uh, my friend and mentor, Christian Conti, who I mention almost every podcast, who has a great book, you should read it. It's called Walking Through Anger, and it's about 18 bucks on Amazon. Uh, get Walking Through Anger. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. And follow Christian Conti on his YouTube channel. He makes great, great YouTube videos. His last name is spelled C-O-N-T-E. Anyway, I went to work for Christian, uh, who was one of my professors, and I met him playing softball. And uh, I worked in home with children and uh, families for a couple of years, and then I enrolled again in another graduate program. This time for counseling. So then I graduated with my marriage and family therapy degree. Uh, I went to work for a local psychiatric hospital for kids and adolescents, and uh, got my license and then i worked some private practice did some contract work didn't like that very much and opened zephyr wellness and zephyr wellness opened in 2015 and we're now entering we're completing year number six entering year number seven and we're doing very very well zephyrwellness.org is the web address if you want to check out what we're doing and um now i'm privileged to be in the position i am uh I'm, i'm very happy um all the stuff that I do, I, I rewrote some laws for my state uh, to to help mental health, uh, you know, come up in the world and uh, make Nevada a little bit better. That was very challenging, but it was very fun. I did that for about three years. So I, I chaired my licensing board, and uh, and that was a big deal. And now I'm uh, I'm trying to trying to grow the practice and and make Earth better, as my colleague with Walk the Talk America would say. Um, but where do I see myself in the future? Uh, two years i'm going to be done with uh chairing the board of directors for the the school pinecrest academy of northern nevada is what that's called and uh and i don't i don't want to continue doing that i i helped form the school (laughs) i got it off the ground that was that was hard work and i'm i'm happy to guide it but somebody else needs to take over so i will be done with that i will be uh hopefully doing more stuff with the guns and mental health culture and uh Uh, My kids will be eight and six then. My wife hopefully will be down to uh, less work than she is now. Um, I would like to spend more time after school with my children, probably coaching their sports teams. In five years, um, I don't really know because the future is very – I I try not to make too many plans and I let God guide my steps. But where I'd like to be is – I'd like to have grown Zephyr Wellness to the point where I'm not running it anymore and I and and our clinicians are so well paid that they have no reason to go anywhere else and everybody wants to work for us. And in 5 years I truly believe that we can move the needle on how mental health agencies operate. In Nevada, I can't speak for anywhere else, but in Nevada, we are a mental health wasteland also. We're always last in the nation. And I think that if this model works, certainly in 10 years, but in five years, I will have shown everybody, remember I talked about modeling good behavior and how we want people to follow us, I will have shown everybody that by taking God's resources, all the money, and saying, I'm not going to go buy a jet, I'm not going to go buy a yacht, I'm going to put it back into my company and back into my people and understand that I I know the meaning of the word enough. I will have enough, and I want everybody else to have lots. And I'm going to put it back in, and I'm going to pay everybody so well that everybody will want to work here, and that will become the model for all other agencies so that we'll we'll teach people that corporatism and greed are not welcome and truly... Sending money back down the chain is where it's at. And then in ten years, i I want to be just doing. I want to be flying around the world training people. That's what I want to do in ten years because my kids will have grown by that point. They'll be sixteen and fourteen. They'll be in high school, mostly managing themselves, and I can afford to do that. And um, and teaching yield theory. I want to teach Christian Conti's yield theory all over the world and all over the United States so that um, people can approach people and learn how to communicate a lot better and with non-judgment and meeting them where they are. That's what I want to do. So uh, we'll see if that's in, in design. I don't know what the world has planned because <laughs> there's a lot of craziness in the world right now. Um, but uh, that's that's my, that's my goal. I'm never going to stop working. I don't ever want to use the word retire because in my view... Watching my parents' generation retire, it it looks like something that people escape to when they don't like what they're doing for a living. And I love what I'm doing for a living. I I just want to see it change and transition while I grow other people up to take leadership roles. Uh, I want to be able to let go and in so doing teach others that it's okay to grow and let go and guide and promote in perpetuity. I'd also like to publish a book. I think I need to get back to writing. As fun as the videos and podcasts are, I love writing, and I think I want to write a book. I don't know what it'll be about, but it, but I, th- I think, I feel like that that might be on the radar. I really feel that, like in my soul. So, some, somewhere I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book about something. But I want it to be meaningful and purposeful, not just to write a book to write a book. Anybody can write a book. But I want it to be impactful and, and useful.
1: I also want to write. I think... I think, yeah. Um, I have nothing to say. Um,
0: oh, I don't believe you. You have lots to say.
1: No. <laughs> no. I, like Usually, there's always something that I can say back towards what my guest speaker have answered. But what you have just said just flow out like reverse. I don't think there's anything that... Um, Usually, usually there's something I would like to clarify, or there's something that I want to uh, dive deeper into. But you have explained yourself in a way where there's nothing left. There's no bone. There, there's nothing left. You have eaten everything. I think just what the pop culture would say: you have eaten everything. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. Oh man, um,
0: Moni, I'll tell you this much. Hey, let me let me share this. All right. So this is something that I learned from Christian, from from Christian Conti. Um, If, check this out, all right, so listening audience, listen closely. All right. If a human being has done something, that thing that they've done is human nature. You, me, everybody listening, being humans, also possess the same potential to do that thing. Therefore, anything anyone has ever done across all of time can be done by you, me, and the listening audience. So we're talking accomplishments and achievements and personal potential, not necessarily like you can dunk a basketball even though you're five foot two, right? Like they're not physical accomplishments, but mental psychological accomplishments done through sheer desire and willpower. I say that because excuse me, what I'm what I'm hearing from you on a on a little bit different level is. I think I hear some a little bit of doubt. I don't know that you think you can do it. Because you're like, I don't, I don't know what to say. This was amazing. I'm like, no, you have it within you. You just don't know it yet. Right? So I would invite you and everybody listening, if you're, if you're interested in this concept, keep going. Right? Don't ever put limits on yourself. You do have the ability to do all this stuff. So you look to take any person in the world, any world leader, business, industry, politics, religion, doesn't matter. You can do that. Now it's not going to look the same way because we're all individuals. But you can do that. You want to be Elon Musk and like, fly rockets to outer space? You can do that. I, my brain isn't wired for science like that, but, but his is, right? But I can make the analogy to Zephyr Wellness. What, is, what do I want Zephyr Wellness to be? Well, I want, it, I want Zephyr Wellness to be the SpaceX of behavioral health. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to be doing things that nobody's ever thought of for behavioral health or mental health. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> like, but it, it's possible, right? So we just keep saying yes to things. We keep saying yes, yes. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to say yes because it's right and it resonates and it's true and it's pure and it's good and it's going to help people, right? So I don't want you limiting yourself. I don't want the, the listening audience limiting themselves either. Um, anything is possible, and that's not just a bumper sticker, like if you believe that in the core of your soul, then nothing's going to stop you. And I think that's, that's awesome. And I credit Christian for, for introducing that concept to me. Um, because I think it's, it's amazing and it's empowering and it's uplifting. And I I always like to, you know, we're almost an hour into this thing. I always like to you know, wrap the podcast up with something that invites people to do more and get better and, and look to optimism and what's possible in humanity. Uh, we're, we're surrounded with enough negativity and pain. The world isn't needing more of that. So let's, let's encourage each other, right. And, and encourage ourselves and self validate and forgiveness is important too. you know, let go, let go of the mistakes, you know, learn from them, move on, but leave those dead moments where they belong in the past. And then, and then look to what else is, is, uh, next, you know, so, um, don't don't limit yourself you know um you got a question ask it
1: (laughs) it almost been an hour
0: i got 56 minutes and 24 seconds on my little timer on the on the audio board here
1: oh my god it it felt like 10 minutes pretty wild we have changed like three questions
0: i know but that's what happens when when these things start rolling you know like we're we're learning we're sharing we're, we're mindful of the people who are listening and maybe they're going to take something away. And I think that'll be, you know, that's, that's awesome. Um, so let me put it back to you. Cause I want to learn a little bit more about you before we let go. Um, <clears throat> when you interview your guests, um, and I'm very, very curious about this. When you interview your guests, what is your goal for the show?
1: Um, my I would say my mission that I believe for for mental for Kabo is that um localizing information. And that's why that's why I translate, that's why I put effort in tra- translating into Khmer for for uh my my guest who speaks English is localizing. So my goal of doing the podcast, my goal of inviting a guest speaker, no matter they are Khmer or uh English speaking um, person is that I find a way to bring mental health information in Cambodian, in Khmer for Khmer people. So for example, I have invited uh, a therapist who works on EMDR therapy. I have basic questions: what is EMDR? Why do we do EMDR? How can people get EMDR? But my empathize is the language because Cambodia lacks mental information in general not even just in Khmer in general so finding way of bringing knowledge bringing information towards my people in their own language instead of having them taking the step of trend of learning English or translating it on google translate is my goal at the end of the day I, I asked my I asked my my guest basic question but that basic question is important because there's no baseline in Cambodia. That basic right, question right. meant so much to people who are listening.
0: So yeah. you, you know it's crazy. I am discovering that in the uh, in the gun community. So I, I show I show up on a lot of podcasts in the gun community. That a lot of these gun guys have podcasts about the latest firearms or the ammunition or the latest competition or whatever. And they're like, "What's this mental health?" Pr-? So they invite me on, and they ask me questions, and I answer. And and I've learned very very quickly that nobody knows what I'm talking about. And I have to back up and go, okay. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you're in the room, you're like, okay, show of hands who here knows what the first step to counseling is. And they're like, um, and they look at each other. It's like, I guess i type into Google counselors in my area. It's like, they know nothing, nothing. They don't even know what a diagnosis is or what it, so let me, let me offer you this. Um, Yes, it's late my time, but if you can go into your evening, I can do it in my morning, right? Um, I will make myself available to you. I can help you with this, to, to translate this. We don't have to do it podcast style. That's one way of doing it. But if you want to do a series of just videos where you interview me about psychological concepts or theoretical modalities, like what is analytic psychology? What is CBT? What is choice theory? What All these European – yeah, most of them are European or American origin um, – what is existentialism? I will I'll answer you the basics. I'll just teach graduate school and that's that's what it is. Um, and we could do quick little half hour sessions you know over a period of time. We'll just set some time aside and just chew through it and churn them out and then they can hang out there in the internet for people who want to see them where you live translate it into their own language. I think that's beautiful. I think it's it, it would move the needle <laughs> truly on people getting information. They get accurate information. Um, I, I will absolutely help you with that because I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. That's great. That's g- I'm super glad I asked that because I was just kind of curious. I'm like, what do you do as a host? Want to get out of this? Like, oh, 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 I can help with that.
1: <laughs> I think let's um, communicate that on email. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for Cambodia, it's a, we have to start at a baseline because there's that's really nothing – there's really no ground. So right. you build the ground with basic question. But for you, doing uh what is your goal for... Yeah, the same question. What is your goal for each uh, episode, each podcast?
0: This, this is not a long answer. <laughs> okay. I know I talk a lot, but this is not a long answer. I want to work myself out of a job. If I have to do literally anything else to pay my mortgage throw up drywall, put on new roofs, dig ditches, take out trash. I will do that if it means I'm working and living in a healthy community. So the more information I can push out, the better everybody else is. I want people to learn what I know. Not everybody has to go to graduate school to learn this stuff. And I don't have a, I don't have a right to keep it to myself. This is not some parlor trick. This is not a magic man behind the curtain pulling levers. This is stuff anybody can learn. Remember, everybody's got the same potential, right? So that means everybody else listening can learn what I know and fix themselves. That's my goal. No more patients in the clinic. Everybody has the tools to solve their own stuff. Now, I know that's a pretty lofty goal and we'll never get there. But we can certainly make a dent and stop telling people that just because they fail the test they have depression no you don't you fail the test you need to study harder learn from it move on that's not depression but we've got a culture now at least in america that says everybody's got mental illness because you had some distress in your life that's not true so i want to definitely front load that not everybody's sick um stay out of my clinic (laughs) solve your own problems and if one of the ways we can do that is through YouTube videos and podcasts then awesome. I don't want to see my kids getting sand thrown in their eyes on the playground. I don't want to see couples arguing in the line at the grocery store. I don't want to see road rage. I don't want to see crime and violence. And I believe if people live happy, healthy, balanced, fulfilled lives, they don't, we won't see that stuff. So that's my goal. My only goal is information. So I try to be humble and curious and offer what I know and then put it out there and if people take it then awesome if not well that's fine too um, there's I, I, I don't i don't own the keys to the kingdom you know so there's lots of people doing lots of really good work i just want to contribute my share yeah that seems like a, a good place to stop huh okay. what do you think okay. <laughs> it's been such an honor i'm so happy that you met safiso he would I think back to three years ago when he met you and he's like, I found this guy. He's going to do this thing. He's going to be a big part of what we do. And I was like, cool, man. Let me know how that turns out because I'm not in Cambodia. I can't help. Fast forward two years. He's like, I met that guy again. <laughs> like, he's going to be our podcast host. So I was like, what pod- podcast? Mike podcast? No, we're going to have another podcast. Okay. <laughs> And here you are. And so I'm am, I am incredibly proud of you. I'm a pr- am incredibly proud of Safiso for, for sticking with it. And um, I just couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm going to tear up, which is fine because I'm an emotional functioning guy and I should be authentic with my emotions. Um, but I'm, I'm just absolutely over the moon to be a part of this project. And um, I couldn't be more humbled. Um, I think you're doing amazing things. You're going to have an amazing career. And you're going to impact lots of lives. I see it coming. It, it, it's it's too good not to work. So thank you for doing the it's work that you are It's too good not to work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for doing this.
1: Thank you so much yeah. um, for uh, having us, for being the catalyst. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of this. And I am also proud of myself being a part of this. You And a part be. of us for doing this.
0: Yep. You should be. Well, thanks, man. Um, good to meet you finally, and I'm really glad we did this.
1: Okay, You see, when I end up my episode, I would say, uh, key uh, the key key word of the day is if anybody can do it, you can do it." And then I would say, "Now I'm trying to say into my away yeah. Uh, and um, that's, it. that's it that's it thank you be well and I uh,
0: can't wait to talk to you in the future about doing that video series we're going to do And my closing is, on behalf of the Noggin Notes family, the Zephyr Wellness family, we thank you and wish you all great mental wellness. Take care.